Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 141. I hope you're having a great day, a great week. Um, we seem to be having some nice weather at the moment, so that is all good. I want to say thank you to you guys for continuing to download, subscribe, tune in, listening to the podcast. Um, it's amazing to see the podcast continue to grow, so thank you so much to those of you that, that do all of that awesome, amazing podcast stuff. Remember, if you subscribe, it just means all of the episodes come straight to your device rather than looking out for my updates each week. With that in mind, I also want to mention that there are a couple of you that have recently left reviews on iTunes and subscribed on SoundCloud. So a huge thank you to you guys. And uh, a reminder that if you do leave a review, it really does help more people become aware of the podcast and aware of the stories and experiences that are shared here. So big thank you to those of you that have done it and if more of you would like to or could be talked into maybe doing it <laughs> um that would be amazing so thank you so much this week's episode i'm joined by two new guests uh but it's very much for me i think kind of the second of three uh, campaign related episodes so last week we heard about the the messy for mind campaign today we're going to be talking about a storied mind and next week, we're going to be talking about Dump the Scales. So three campaign-related episodes. Uh, and for me, it's really interesting to hear more about the people that are involved in these campaigns that have set them up and got started, where their passion and stories have kind of started and how that's grown into the campaigns. But also, what's been happening with these? some of these campaigns you might have heard of already, you might be involved with. Uh, but for me, it's it's being able to share and hopefully make more people aware of these awesome amazing campaigns which i've said the word campaign quite a lot but um today is a really interesting one again potentially if you've seen some of the social media posts you might have seen this video or the video that relates to a storied mind if you haven't already either now or at the end of the episode make sure you go away and have a watch of the video it's really interesting in some of the points that it picks up on uh, and I really enjoy the idea of kind of the the visual side being tied together with poetry I don't want to give too much away we're going to discuss it for the next 45 minutes or so um, but do make sure you go and watch the video at the end of the episode for now though I'm going to drop you guys into our conversation from a couple of days ago so thank you so much for continuing to to listen to the episode to subscribe to download and all of that stuff I said a moment ago. 
But importantly, if you would like to come on in the future and talk about your own story or your own campaign, um, I would love to hear from you. So do get in contact um, over at mikesopenjournal.com or the social media is the same as always. So make sure you do get in contact and hopefully we can share some of your stories and experiences as well. But for now, I'm going to drop you guys straight into this week's episode all about a storied mind. How have your weeks or your day been recently? Um, my day has been very nice. Um, and back to my week. Um, the weather has finally taken a turn for beautiful. Um, and the sunshine makes me ten times happier than I usually am. Um, and it's also Mental Health Awareness Week. And we have released um, a short film. And it's gone down so well. Um, and it's been so great to kind of share that with people and have really lovely feedback. Um, so, yeah, all in all, quite a lovely week. Uh, my week has been really good too. Um, the release of our film has definitely helped with my mood and hearing all the lovely feedback has been so great. Um, I'm very hot. I think us as British people, we when the weather comes, we just literally think it's like a heat wave and I'm really hot, even though it's 16 degrees, but yeah (laughs) my week has been my week has been great I always chuckle with the weather because it makes me think um when you go abroad and it's like the temperature is so much hotter but it doesn't feel as hot as like a lower temperature feels here I don't quite know how that works but I'm like it it feels ridiculously warm today but the the temperature isn't actually that high It's um, sunshine, though. All you need is sunshine, and you feel great. It doesn't is, actually need to be that warm. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I did. I have to confess. I I went and sat here in the car with the uh, doors open and the radio on for my lunch today because it was sat out in the sun, but the building I'm in was in the shade, so it was actually cold <laughs> inside. I was like, now nah, I'm going outside. I'm going to go and sit in the car. It's the only seat available. Um, oh, and it was no. oh, it was really nice. It was really nice just to sit outside, have a bit of a breeze, and. Um, be in the sun it was yeah it's really nice it's, it feels a long time since we've had kind of a steady flow of nice days definitely definitely I spent my day at a trampoline park Ooh. um looking after a three-year-old and we had the whole place to ourselves so that was good um but yeah I didn't we went outside to get cold but it was just boiling so <laughs> So you go outside to try and cool down and it's just even warmer outside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as you mentioned, I think uh, this week or the last week, depending on when someone's listening to this, uh, will have been uh, Mental Health Awareness Week. And there's obviously a lot of conversations going on. Um, People uh, are kind of very aware at the moment, I think, of mental health conversations, different illnesses, different campaigns, uh, different types of well-being. Uh, there's kind of a lot of focus this week in particular um, but it's hoping that those conversations kind of carry on and hopefully that comes from projects and campaigns like um, the one you've put together and the one we're going to speak about today but kind of before that I think it'd be really interesting just to get a little bit of an introduction to yourselves and um, why you are interested in mental health and how the project has gradually come together. Yeah for sure Um so I am 21, um, I'm in my first year at uni, and I'm studying psychology, and I absolutely love it. Um, I kind of, my first encounter with mental health was probably when I was about 12 or 13, um, and it wasn't kind of like a, there wasn't like a, a big event necessarily that happened that triggered it, but um, it was just kind of subtle feelings of not, not feeling enough and feeling really out of control in my life and kind of trying to find something to control. Um, and I turned to food to control, um, and it kind of manifested into an eating disorder um, and depression and anxiety. Um, and I received NHS treatment, but I think at that point I really wasn't willing to get well. And I don't mm-hmm. think that, or I think it's very hard to get well when um, when you're not, when you don't want to get well. It was kind of like, I'm trying to do it for my family, but it was, it didn't really work. Um, and then I got to a point when I was 17 and I was like, actually, I don't want to live like this anymore. Um, 
and it, it is people term it like rock bottom and I really think it's really it's it's the thing about mental health I think sometimes you have to get worse in order to get better um and I hit my rock bottom and a few more after that rock bottom um and got the help and support um I needed um and kind of like four years down the line um I'm in like a totally different space mm. and kind of have the freedom that I never thought I would have and, and oh my god like it's not perfect and it's like a daily a daily thing of of using the tools that I need to 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 keep it in that in that place um and kind of along that way I like came across lots of different tools um and people were a massive massive help in my recovery like having a therapist and having people who also were going through the same thing it was having that, like those like-minded people, but I really struggled to connect with people or to even just talk about it with people who um, were in my life either before or they didn't know that side of me. Um, and kind of, I've, I always hated English at school. Um, I was very much someone who was like, I like writing wrongs and like maths was perfect like that and science was perfect like that. But English kind of came with, write down what you think. There's no right or wrong. It could be right and it could be wrong. Um, and so kind of the idea of like writing, I was never really enthralled to do. Um, and then I think it kind of just got to a point and I think I was in treatment and they suggested um, suggested journaling. Um, and I remember when I started journaling that a few years before that, I'd done a little bit of writing poetry. And what I liked about writing poetry, again, is there's no right or wrong. You know, I could write something that grammatically made no sense and I could end a sentence without a full stop. Um, and kind of, I started writing poetry um, from then, and it was every, it was all about everything and nothing, and I never really shared it with anyone. Um, and then I kind of got to a point when I was in quite a good space myself, and I was just like, I really want to use what I've been through to help other people, because when I began to have the courage to open up to friends at school and people um, about the things I've been to. I was amazed with the amount of people that actually came up to me and said, you know what, I've had that problem too, or I know that person's had it too. Um, and I found it really hard to start the conversation and then kind of got a bit lost for words mm. when it came to it. Um, and I don't really know what happened and why I kind of made the leap, but um, I began to share that poetry online a little bit, kind of when there was like awareness week. You know, mm. like, there's, like, Mental Health Awareness Day and Mental Health Awareness Week and kind of use that as a point to be like, right, okay, I can actually say something now and I've got an excuse to say it. I, I felt like I needed, like, a nudge in the right direction. Um, and so last year I wrote a, a wrote piece of spoken word poetry for Mental Health Awareness Week and it went down so well, like, like way more than I ever thought it would go down. Um, or I, I didn't think I'd have that um, perception. Anyway, I was thinking this year, what can I do that's bigger and better? Um, and when I did it before, it was literally just me sat in front of the camera. And, um, like, I've seen that Lottie had been doing some film work. Um, and I said, how about we do something together? And how about we create a little film? And I have the over, like, I speak, use a poem to go over it. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of how we came to our, our project. I think it's really interesting to hear that that sort of side and I think that journey of how two people especially when you've got kind of I can see the natural crossover but it's quite different when you talk about your interest in kind of the English side the journaling the poetry and then you've got kind of from my understanding that Lottie's side is around kind of the the cinematography the uh, filming photos and a slightly different approach um, or way to come into it. So I don't know if there's a slightly different story behind how you got to that stage, Lottie. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm definitely. I was never into English at school. I was never into writing. I just absolutely was a visual learner and really, really loved um, photography. Although I haven't done it like my whole life. You know, you have photographers who are like, oh, I've, I've you know held a camera from the age of three but mm. no like I well my story goes back six years ago pretty much to this month and I had a big ski accident and 
I used to ski race and I was doing slalom and I crashed and pretty much straight away well I was I was bed bound for three months and couldn't do a lot I began to get very anxious um and then flashbacks started and my mental health just took a big decline and um it was actually then when my dad he bought me a camera and he was like this you know this could be really good for you this could get you out into the garden to take some photos you know try on a good day to get to the park and you know I remember we drive up to the park and I would just sit in the car and I just couldn't move because I was in so much pain and so tired but eventually I you know began to be able to walk to the end of the car park and then into the park and yeah like having a camera really really helped me and I mean yes my mental health has not been good for the last six years I mean in the last of year I've really improved dramatically but I'll get to that um uh and yeah like just my first admission was when I was 15 and I was so new to this whole world of feeling sad and I just well it's more than feeling sad it's you know it's a lot of really horrible symptoms but um I just didn't really know what to do. I didn't really care about recovery. I didn't really know what recovery was. I didn't even know I was ill, really. But um, anyway, I um, it started with depression. And then to control my depression, I started to control food. And then it developed into an eating disorder. And um, I battled that for a few years. And then I recovered from that, which is... Honestly, I'm actually, I never say I'm proud of myself for anything, but that I am quite proud of because I think recovering from anorexia and eating disorders is really hard. And yeah, Nia as well has, we've both, we met in recovery and we've battled it together. And I think it's really good where we are now. But um, yeah, it definitely, like Nia, it took, a rock bottom to really change my mindset and because from rock bottom you can only go upwards really Mm. um and so it's just that progress of slowly coming out of the dark black hole you've sort of been in for years and um I'm managing it day by day the best thing that somebody's ever told me is take it minute by minute, hour to hour, because that definitely works for me. Like, I I don't think about the future. I mean, I'm starting to think about photography and what I'm going to do with my photography, but I don't really plan, make plans and plan ahead. I just sort of take it day by day, and that really helps me. Um, but, yeah, my um, love for photography definitely keeps me going. Um, and I love Nia's poetry. I really, really connect with what she's trying to say, um, and what she is saying. And I feel her poems are really powerful. And I was absolutely honoured when she asked me to do the filming for, like, collaborate and put this project together that we've made mm-hmm. because it's yeah it's been good so, seeing that it's seeing that journey as well I think isn't it um when you you've both spoken about having your your own experiences and I think often people that come in to be kind of I don't know advocates spokespersons campaigners or whatever around mental health have that experience and it's being able to show that that's that is really that is really important it is kind of part of that person but it's not everything they are and there's that ongoing journey in terms of recovery and there people have different ways that they will speak about recovery in terms of whether that's achievable for them or not or a journey or um how they see that um but there's a part of 
the video that was really nice that you've both kind of touched on of that idea of, I think in the video it's kind of like the introductions and like I am and all these different things that are part of your character and it's seeing how, yeah, part of these illnesses and the symptoms that have affected you have kind of shaped you as a person, but so have the things that you're really interested and passionate about, whether that's kind of the poetry and the journaling or the filming and photography and actually you're now using that to to kind of um I guess kind of yes it's celebrating that growth uh and that journey and also encouraging other people to kind of feel more able to share their experiences as well I guess exactly yeah that's definitely we really really want people to share their experiences and the more people that can share their experiences it makes other people more likely to share their experiences because it's just talking about it like it just makes the topics it breaks the stigma it makes it everyone more comfortable about talking about it and I just think yeah it's just so important to share your story and talk about it yeah I'd echo exactly what Naughty said and I remember being very stubborn and people being like, you know, yeah, we understand this. We understand what we're going through. And I was like, but you don't. Like, you've not been through it. And I remember um, sitting in front of a therapist and being like, but like, I, it was explaining to me, and I said, but you wouldn't understand it. And she said, why wouldn't I? And I was like, well, because, like, you you haven't been through this. And she was like, yes, I have. And actually, it was the most heartwarming thing to hear, you know, and kind of the more I've opened up, the more other people have opened up to me. Mm. And it's given me such a sense of like, OK, I'm not alone in this. And seeing other people further ahead of me on their recovery journey um, it gives me hope of like they have this life out and it's not tainted by mental health illnesses and I think I really wanted to kind of communicate in 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 my poetry that you know someone can have a mental health illness and you and you might not be able to see it um and like it it doesn't mean it 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 doesn't mean it's not there I think it's that's kind of with invisible illnesses it's really hard and sometimes you kind of think well people aren't going to believe me so I'm not going to say it and with mental health illnesses they're so often invisible um and also kind of that people can be in a really good place, but it doesn't kind of take away from the fact that they might have mental health illnesses um, and they might be in long-term recovery. And, you know, I think I kind of, there's a saying and it's only that you can only keep what you have by giving it away. And like, I kind of think, you know, in order to keep me like mentally in a good place, it's really important for me to like give back Um and so kind of like that's what I want to keep trying to do as I kind of get further through my life and kind of further away from that really dark place. It's um, it's so interesting to hear you both kind of speak about separate journeys, but they're so similar in terms of that process, I guess. Or it seems like they're so similar of that process that you've gone through. And um, I don't know, I wonder kind of what was what was the first point where you were talking to each other about being part of this project and collaborating together? How did that kind of first, that first conversation happen and how did that go? Um, you go, Nia. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was, so I kind of, it was in about March time and I was thinking, I was meant to have the awareness week soon and I'd written some poetry and I was just like, how am I going to, um, like put this together um and I kind of undenied about I was like okay I'm gonna try and find it like a videographer and see if they can they can um help me and I was thinking I don't know any videographers and then Lottie popped in my head I was like oh my gosh I love Lottie's work I'll, I'll use her and then I thought no this is stupid she thinks she's gonna think it's a really stupid idea like I'm just not gonna ask her so I left it a couple of days, and, and but then I kind of planted the seed in my head, and I started thinking, you know what, this could be really cool. Um, but I was, it was like, as always, my own worst enemy, thinking my idea is pretty rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, probably about a week later, I was like, Nia, don't be ridiculous. Ask Lottie, and I asked her, and she was like, oh my god, yeah, of course. And um, <laughs> I really didn't expect that level of enthusiasm, and we've kind of both had the same level of enthusiasm the whole way through, which has been so nice because. 
normally I'm the one on my own getting so excited about it, but there's someone else on the other phone going, oh my God, like, this is going well. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, it's like we're buzzing off each other's energy and excitement and like each other's ideas. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it came up. <laughs> that's so nice to hear, Nia, because you never told me all of that. <laughs> I've just heard it and it's just making me smile like honestly you've been amazing this whole way like we have just been so enthusiastic and just been so excited together and I remember us sitting in um prep um oh, yeah. <laughs> and we literally got our piece of paper we put it on the table we got our pen and we're like right ideas and we went through the poem and every line we sort of wrote an idea of how we could do the photography the filming and we were like well I loved Isabella Plantation in Richmond Park so we did we ended up doing most of our filming there um because a lot of my style of photography is sort of it's like I don't know if any of you know but it's pre-Raphaelite which is an art form years and years ago and it's sort of um, saying, put your model in nature, and that's literally it. And I just, I love it, because I feel like there's so much about nature that can sort of express emotion and mood, and it's just, it's just so calming, and I just, I love that. So, yeah, we um, did most of our filming there, but... um, yeah, our, our enthusiasm is literally through the roof. It's it's so funny. Mm. <laughs> um, it's it's really nice to hear that positive side though of like no this is this is kind of um not a culmination or however you say the word. Um but this is kind of the connecting point of of two journeys and actually being able to share that experience and that passion for something. I think is really interesting to hear but also very cool to see in terms of of the video um, and it talks about or one of the parts in there is is about the idea of kind of that um, I think that you use the phrase sort of passing the baton or I'm going to pick up the baton and this is my kind of part to play and I think mm. in my mind that's a really nice analogy for um, identifying how there are people that will come in and be part of a particular project or campaign and it might feel like, oh, that campaign is now finished and now I'm not doing anything, but it's recognised that actually there are times when you are, I don't know, maybe leading the race uh, and then times when you're um, kind of in the background for a little while. And I think that's really important that people also recognise it's great to be a part of, of something big when it's happening. Um, it's great to be involved in stuff this week in particular, um, but importantly, there will also be times later on in the year when you will want to and we will want you to be um, involved in different things so actually having some time out or having some time where you feel like you're not um, at the forefront is also completely okay yeah completely and I think often, often people think I don't even know how to help or because you've kind of got the two extremes of people thinking god I should be doing this all the time mm. or um, people thinking how do I even start it all just seems too big a problem to tackle and kind of the beginning of the, the poem, I say, like, oh, I'm going to pick up the bat and it's my leg of the journey to run. And kind of at the end of the poem, I end with, like, um, something along the lines of, like, trying to encourage them to pick up the baton. Mm. Um, and it's just kind of, and, it, and I just say, you know, like, I'm not expecting people to, like, preach about mental health and go around trying to convert everyone into, like, what they should be doing. But it, it is a case of, you know checking up on your loved ones and saying are you okay and I think it's we're all so busy these days and um kind of trying to do everything um and everything every little helps and you don't have to be doing it all the time and I sometimes think when you try and do something all the time mm. you can't do it as well as you could um and so it is like and, and kind of the idea of like picking up a baton is quite a simple act um, and I know a lot of the stuff that's being done um, isn't simple, but it's trying to encourage people that they can just do a little thing and um, be part of be part of a bigger race kind of thing. And I think it is that thing as well of being part of something bigger. You know, it's just not you just running this race of 
trying to solve it all. It's like everyone's in this together and we're all passing back and from each other. And we wrote this poem, but it's in everyone sharing it that it's giving it, it's making it seen. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind that. Um, with the kind of the video in mind, I don't know if there are particular uh, like uh, images or particular words that really stood out for you. But kind of, I've I've sort of said, oh, these are the ones that kind of are really there for me. But I don't know if it, um, either or both of you have particular parts of the video that really stood out or were really quite poignant for you. Um, I think. Uh... I think with the filming, I feel like the burning the book, when we burnt the book at the end of the film, mm. I feel like that was very significant because you had Nia writing down sad and perfect and they are two quite key words. And then we have her burning it. And that actually really like, I don't know about you, Nia, but it really helped me because burning those words kind of got it out and got yeah, it completely. out of my head and felt like I was saying goodbye to a past past you know part mm. of my life which I wanted to say well I'm not going to say goodbye to it because it is part of me but I feel like you know just close the door start a new chapter mm. like the book that's kind of what it was symbolizing you know the words in the book you're burning it, you know, you don't have to close the book, but you can turn the page mm. to the next chapter um, and, you know, start afresh, really. Um, but that, yeah, that really stood out to me. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, all of it I love, but um, I feel like the poem is very powerful. But, um, yeah, that was a key part to me anyway. I think that I really liked the, um, like you say, the imagery of the, especially a, something burning on water, um, mm. is really yeah. quite a, um, nice isn't really the right word, but is quite like, a powerful image, um, yeah. and like you say, actually the, um, Oh, I've seen someone talk about this before and it's not that, um, like you say, it's not kind of ignoring it. It's that level of, I guess, acceptance of this is now not the thing that I'm going to focus on. Um, and I think they did it with, um, oh, they, uh, they used the burning example, but they also did stuff where they sort of, I think they wrote it on boxes and then like kicked or punched the boxes down and they said... The, the thing of being, actually, yeah, we accept that this is here, but um, by challenging it, so punching it or kicking it or setting light to it or whatever, um, like we've decided that this is not the thing that we're going to focus on and we're going to use our strength, whether that's physical or mental strength, to um, kind of decide, oh, I am going to focus on this or this and I'm not going to be focusing on this. Um, and I think those visuals can be really powerful and actually help people sometimes have that understanding when, like you said, predominantly mental health is an invisible illness and um, allowing people to see the different ways that they can express that, I think is really important. And we've spoken a lot about the, the, the writing side and the um, filming or photos and while you have used it for a project, actually a lot of people um, just recognising that that can be like a coping strategy, that can be a tool to um, get you outside to express some of those thoughts and those feelings. And I don't know if you've had experience before where you have seen or noticed actually how much of a difference that has made either for you or for somebody else as well to be able to use those different kind of skills or strategies to help just themselves yeah I would I personally like massively helped I think for a long time I really struggled to, to say to people that actually I wasn't okay mm. um and I used my body as a way to communicate to the world I wasn't okay I couldn't find the words and actually poetry allows me to to write it down and kind of address it because a lot of the time I kind of didn't really even know 
I, I felt not okay, but what was actually going on? And something weird about putting my pen to paper, it all kind of spilled out. Um, mm. And then kind of later down the line, I think I, I learned through recovery that I needed to say that I wasn't okay. Like I could, my old coping mechanism of keeping it inside um, would just result in me using my body again to communicate that I wasn't okay. And I needed to find a new way to do it. Um, mm. And I started then writing and it kind of allowed me to acknowledge that I might be physically well, but mentally I wasn't okay. And, um, and actually sometimes even in sharing it, like I remember sharing it one time with my therapist and being like, this is actually what I'm feeling. I, I couldn't, I don't know why I couldn't put it in words myself, but actually having written it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for lots of, I've seen it with lots of people, um, maybe not necessarily poetry, but journaling really helps for some people. Um, I'm just like almost getting it out of you. There's something so cathartic about, definitely about speaking, um, but also about writing, you know, when you, you don't have someone to talk to necessarily, just getting it out to paper. Um, and also like with my poetry, like kind of Lottie said, I think it's really easy. We're, we're so negative about ourselves and it's really easy not to feel proud. Um, and actually, like, putting together a piece of poetry and being like, actually, I feel proud of this work, and I'm really chuffed yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, maybe there is more to me than I think there is, you know? Um, and kind of being able to give myself a bit of a pack on the back and give myself a bit of a less of a hard time. Um, so kind of in all sorts of ways it's helped. I love hearing that, Nia, because it's so nice to hear that you are proud of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. for your poetry, because... I know how hard it is to actually feel proud and happy with something you've done. But yeah, like definitely, I think it's so great that you can say that. Um, But yeah, like with my photography, um, sort of similarly to um, Nia, I, um, I use it to express emotions that I can't, of say that if Mm. you know I I can't say to my therapist I can't say to anyone I use photos and pictures to express it and with my photos um on my Instagram um I always I I do use like quotes or some sometimes occasionally when I actually have a brain spark or something. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because that, I think that's not that's quite negative, isn't it? But um, no, when when I you know actually put a pen to paper, I do write down some things that make sense and sound good, and I do put them with my photos. And it's sort of for people who can't really see, they're not maybe they're more into understanding things through writing and not photos if you know if they can't see exactly what I mean through the photo they can look at the you know quote underneath um so I always you know it will be it can be all range of emotions the sort of quotes I write could be a happy quote it could be a sad quote it sort of just depends on how I'm feeling on the day and what the photo means and yeah so that is a big thing for me you know when I can't express it through my voice I take photos I think one of the things that really comes across is that side of how difficult the the conversations are and how difficult it is for us to say verbally especially when we're the ones struggling like I'm I'm not okay to say that is really difficult and sometimes it is um I don't know about easier but it's not as difficult um, to maybe to write that down or to take a picture or do a drawing that um, kind of represents that because we're sort of able to say it without saying it and I think that there's still a big thing probably because we don't have many of these conversations until we get to this crisis point about mental health illness and it's like oh I don't really know what to say I don't want to say it because it makes it real if I say it and I think there is that um, kind of self-expression that we kind of find through um, different forms of art 
Um, and I think that's why I always think it's a really interesting way to, um, I guess, someone's general well-being, that actually we should maybe be encouraging a lot more, um, not necessarily as a... Uh, like a, a tool to help keep you well, um, although that's what it could become, just something that's really useful for people to be able to go, actually, it's okay to sit down and write about how you feel or what's going on or to um, like express yourself with drawing or colouring or whatever. I think there's lots of things that can be really, really helpful for people, but often we don't mention that or don't kind of signpost them to things like that until it's like, oh, they're in crisis point. We need to find some way for them to express what's going on because there's something quite dramatic happening. It's like, actually, these are really useful things for anyone to do. Yeah, I completely agree. And like going back to the beginning of what you were saying, then, mm. um, there was a bit in the poem, and it said something along the lines of, um, I want to talk about the fact that I'm more scared to talk about my illness than I am of my illness itself. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's so, it's kind of, I've kind of been in recovery for a while now and I'm really accepting of the fact of that I've had this illness. Um, and to kind of the people who've been through it with me, I, I talk really quite openly about it, but particularly for like the people I've been at university with and met this year who don't know that side of me, I find it really difficult to talk to them about it. Mm. Um, or bring start even start the conversation and I know when I was really ill I found that really difficult and it is like it's not silly because it was a very valid thing but I think as a society you know that's what we kind of we want to work on changing and like you say there are so many different ways that you can do that from writing and taking photos I remember at one point I went through a magazine and um, just cut out all these photos that um resignated with me and stuck it on a piece of paper in a bit like a a mood board mm -hmm. um and that was that was great like I because because sometimes you know you can't even like it's really hard to even like know what you're feeling and I think a lot mm. of people experience that like they kind of know what a good emotion is and what a bad emotion is and kind of everything in between that they know happy and sad but a lot of the time I thought my when I was angry I was sad you know I would never I never got cross or I never shouted I'd just get upset and I and I was, remember saying I'm just upset and they said I like a therapist been like are you really upset and we kind of got down to it and I was actually really angry mm. and um and actually having things to kind of say point at and be like this is how I feel I can't say how I feel I don't know what it's called but this is that kind of looks about looks like what I feel like mm. um and kind of that's what's great about you know magazine cuttings um and photos um and quotes you know I, I love never quote um <laughs> of just being like you know it kind of I'm saying yeah that's what's going on in my head um and so yeah for everyone you know mental health illness, health illness or no mental health illness I think it's so important that we have the words to or we have a way to express how we feel because I often think when we don't have a way to express how we feel that's when we turn to unhealthy coping mechanisms mm -hmm. I think they're kind of linked into what you're talking about I always think particularly in weeks like this where there are people speaking openly about mental health and I hear more and more now I think people that are kind of a little bit reluctant to the the um progressive approach that's happening around mental health is they sort of say well don't you think don't you think actually we're all aware of mental health we're all aware of mental health illnesses and and what's going on now we're all aware of this and I sort of I, to an extent I kind of agree with that but I also think they're kind of missing some of the point and um, I think it's looking at yes actually a lot of people are aware now that, that mental health is a thing that it exists that it includes illnesses and some people are aware it includes kind of well-being as well but I think the problem is is actually there's still that huge lack of education and I'm not just talking about in schools talk about generally actually we don't know how to talk about it we don't know how to process this in our, in our minds we've not learned like when you kind of go to the doctor and you talk about a physical injury we've learned over time okay I need to identify where in my body does this thing happen where do I feel that pain and how intense is that pain what type of pain is it that I feel and I, I still don't think we've really developed that language and that understanding around mental health to be able to have some of those conversations I think that's 
often where the, the, the work is kind of, I think there's still awareness that needs to happen, but that's more and more, I think, where we're going with, it's the education side of actually encouraging people to have these conversations before it's a, a crisis point situation, actually. Mm. Like you said, we're happy, well, most people are happy to say when they're happy, but they, they're, mm. they're a little bit reluctant to say when they're sad, and they definitely won't talk about variations in between. Um, and I think it's it's having that kind of education, having that confidence to talk about um, how we feel and how we're thinking. Mm, completely. Um, and like you say, like I think it, it's very much a preventative measure mm. and, as a, and like a mental well-being thing um, as much as it is something that we need to pe- te- teach people when we're struggling. And I, I definitely agree. Like I think education is hugely important and like again, like a bit mentioned in my poem of like there's there's like misconceptions and mi- and like um, about mental health illnesses and a lot of like people just don't have the education around them, you know. Mm. And it's easy to kind of lump everyone into this one category of what it looks like. Yeah. Um. Mm. And you know, and from extremes of like, you know, people are unable to talk about when they're sad, but then if you do talk about it, you're sad, oh well, then you're depressed, mm. you know. And someone's just having a bad day. Um. Or, you know, and so it's just kind of everything. It, I think there just needs to be a lot more education, both on the side of, okay, how do we talk about how we're feeling? But also, what does it look like when someone has a mental health illness? And what mm. does that actually manifest mm. into? Um, because it's easy just to, to kind of put a label on them all. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's really true. And I think we should look at mental health as two words. And we shouldn't sort of associate it with necessarily an illness because one significant thing that really stuck for me this week was, um, so I'm looking after two little girls, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And I was with the, I was in the kitchen and I was, the six-year-old was sort of watching YouTube and doing whatever she wanted to do. And I was talking to the dad about the new film we had released. And I was like, oh yeah, it's for Mental Health Awareness Week. And the girl immediately turns around and is like, well, what's mental health? And I sort of, I'm like, "Um, well, how do I explain this to a six-year-old? And the dad sort of looked at me and, you know, he didn't know what to say. And then I came home and told my mum about this. And um, she said, well, I I love what she said because this is so true. She was like, well, you should have just said, you know, um, like physical health, it's mental health the well-being sort of you know the wellness of your brain Mm. and I think that is just so true um and I think you know mental health when people say mental health doesn't necessarily mean an illness it couldn't just be you know how well your brain is I don't know if I'm going anywhere with this but yeah yeah no definitely I think there is that side where um like if if we say physical health you're quite open to the fact I could be talking about injury or a strength. Um, if I'm talking about an injury, I'm talking about an injury. Um, whereas mental health, if I'm talking about an illness, okay, illness, I'm talking about mental health. No, it, it doesn't have to just be illness. It's also kind of wellness or well-being as well. And I think, um, yeah, we could we could probably talk for an hour about the different ways that, that mental health could and maybe should be spoken about. Um, but to hold back on that hour so that we can all have some food, <laughs> um, it'd be, it's been really interesting to sit down and hear a bit more, um, particularly about your stories and, and how you kind of came together and, and have put the, the short film and the poetry into a really interesting, thought-provoking, um, accessible in terms of the length as well, really accessible for people to watch and I think when you originally sent me a message like oh it's just a five minute video it's like oh okay and it's it just makes it more approachable for people and I think that's really important when we're encouraging kind of everyone to get involved to some extent Um, and that can be a really small extent actually making something accessible I think is really important Um, so congratulations for that Um, thank you 
But no, it's been really interesting to hear a bit more about yourselves. And I think um, there might be people that are listening that want to find out a bit more about the video, actually see what we've been talking about, um, <laughs> or find out a little bit more about yourself. So I don't know if there are particular places um, that people should go to find out about you or the project. Uh, so we have the film on YouTube. So if you just type in A Storied Mind, that's the name of the film. Um, it should take you to our channel where we've posted the film. Um, it's Storied IED. Um, and we also have Twitter, which is a storied mind with underscores in between the words. Um, I don't know if there's... Oh, and there's... Um, my photography account where the video the film is also posted which is um lottie b photography i don't know if there's anything you've got to add nia no i think you've covered it all cool definitely go and check out check out lottie's um, photography account she's got some very cool pictures as well as our video <laughs> we <would> love that <laughs> oh no that's awesome and it gives people a few different places to go and find you as well yeah. so um and we'll try and make sure that there's a, a link into um the video when this episode is shared as well but thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your experiences as well and the, the journeys that have gone into into the video thank, thank you. you thank you so much it's been amazing talking to you oh awesome oh, it's been lovely talking to you too and i'll talk to you very soon lovely <laughs> Bye. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, OK, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.